You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to episode 22 of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. Got something a little bit different for you today following a suggestion on Twitter. Um, England under-16 head coach Alan Keane requested some of the younger players. Um, I responded and said I'm not sure about that because generally I've found that when I've interviewed younger guys in the past it's very difficult for them to be themselves, uh, to be comfortable in their own skin. They're not that used to the media um, so I don't really get very far in terms of getting a lot of insight or interest. Um, he said that he reckons Carl Wheatle is up to the task. Obviously, Carl is a 1998-born uh, England junior international. He signed in Italy with Angelico Biella when he was uh, young. He's been out there for the last three years or so. Um, Hoops Fix All-Star Classic alumni as well, might I add. Um, so yeah, re- reached out to him and we jumped on Skype uh, whilst he was in Italy and I was in England um, and we spoke for an hour and it ended up actually being a really cool conversation. Um, I asked him about how the move came about, uh, you know, how Italy has been, how the transition was, but also some more general stuff about what his, him and his peers' um, perceptions are of the European versus the US route, um, the BBL, uh, basketball in the UK. GB, um, and he provided a lot of really interesting, really interesting insights, which I hope some people in the federations and BBL clubs will listen to and hear, um, because I think there's some really valuable takeaways in it. But anyway, let me know what you think. Uh, if you think there is something that um, is interesting and you'd like to hear more from young players coming through, then do let me know, and I could potentially line up a few more. If not, then I could continue down the route of... Um, Older guys, but uh, at the moment I feel like doing a, a mix of of the whole ecosystem moving forward is the way to go. But anyway, I will stop talking. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. I am contactable. Always Sam at HoopsFix.com. All the social media at HoopsFix. Um, if you get a spare moment, please do give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Help us rise up the rankings. Uh, and so I'll leave you here with my conversation with Carl. All right, we're honoured to be here uh, with England under 18 junior international um, Carl Wheatle, who's now applying his trade out in Italy. Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Like I said to you quickly before we started recording, this is a, a bit of an experiment. Um, it was Alan Keane who suggested that I get some of the younger guys on the show. Um, so I've got no idea how this is going to go or, <laughs> or where we're going to get with it. Um, but I do think it's fascinating to be able to kind of hear your opinion on things, uh, your worldview and, and, uh, and what's going on with you. Um, so let's kind of start from the beginning. Um, what age did you start playing and, and what was it that first got you into basketball? Um, well, I started playing at the age of um, 14. What really got me into it was, I mean, at first I started with, with my school team. You know, it was just, we played a tournament against, um, against Stockwell. In which uh, and there's a lot of the the pioneers, the greenhouse pioneers coaches based at Scott at Stockwell, and it was basically just I played a school game, and after the game, which I played okay, but I did I wasn't really into basketball at the time. I was playing football, 
um, the coaches the coaches from Stockport came up to me and said that I should come and train with, with Greenhouse if I wanted to, to start playing basketball. And at first, I wasn't really too sure about it, but then I, I thought through it a bit and I thought, why not? You know, I always like doing different sports, so I thought I'll go along and try it out. And from there, it really just took off. I, I really enjoyed practicing and playing. And from there, that's when I joined um, at, at, yeah, at the age of 14. And from there, I've just, just kept playing and loved the game more and more the more I play. And uh, what was it, or do you know what it was that uh, the coaches saw in you kind of as a raw talent? Then were you, were you big at 14? Like, how tall were you and stuff? I was quite, I was still, I was in like the middle of my growth spurt at 14. I was around 6'2", 6'3". But I was, I was, I kept growing. Um, I had decent size, decent length. So I think that's what they, they saw. They saw that even though I didn't play, I, under, I understood the game quite well. So I think that's what they saw. The first time they saw me, and that's where, what, where do you think yeah. the where do you think the understanding of the game came from? Because obviously you, you know you hadn't done it before. Is there any basketball history in your family or anything like you completely? No, there was no one. No one's really played before my family. I think it's just I always enjoyed sports growing up, so I tried to watch as much sports as possible. So even though I didn't play basketball, I always knew about you know everyone knows about Michael Jordan, you know the greats. But I always used to whenever I could, I'd watch games. Um, Obviously, I'm from Brixton, so I, I knew the whole Luau Deng story coming from Brixton. So that sort of inspired me to watch a bit of basketball as well. I just generally played and loved watching sports, so I sort of knew how the game worked and everything. So from there, I was, a, I was already a bit intrigued, but I never really played that much. So your progression was, was pretty quick. Um, you played for the England Under-15 development squad, right? So was that, was that, what, like a year after you first started playing? Yeah, that was a year after. I'd actually played with the under-14s as well in a mini Scotland tournament that we played. But under-15s was the main sort of my main sort of introduction into the England programme. And yeah, that was a year after. I was really surprised to get the call-up because I was just trying to improve as a player and to, to be recognised by, by the national team was really an honour at such a young age as well. Having only played for a year when I knew some of the guys that were already there played their whole life really. So that was really... Really surprised and really an honour for me to get picked at such a young age. What do you think was it? What do you think it, it was that allowed you uh, to progress so quickly? I mean, how how much time were you spending working on your game? How much of it do you think was just sort of natural um, ability? I think part of it was was natural talent, I guess, but also the, the coaches I had around me, uh, Coach Peter, Coach uh, Coach Dodi, Coach Pedrak, they really helped me. They really drilled into me the the work ethic and made me really work on my game and also having good teammates around me. I mean, guys like RJ, Atul Rock, Ola, um, Kavon, Martel, Jules was around sometimes as well. These kind of guys really, they pushed me and um, I think part of that was really helped me improve my game and it really wanted me, it made me want to work hard and I think that's a big part of the reason why I improved as much as I did in a, in a short space of time. So what was your kind of like workout schedule and practice schedule looking like at, at the age of 14, 15? Um, you know, how many sessions were you having a week with club? How much time were you spending uh, individually working on your game, going to scrimmages and, and wherever else? I mean, at 14 and 15, I, I didn't sort of know, I didn't really know what a scrimmage was at first. And to be honest, I was still, at that time when I first joined Pioneers, I was still actually playing football. So I would have, on the weekends, I would have a game, maybe a football game on Saturday maybe a basketball game on Sunday or vice versa. So I was still doing football as well. So my timetable during the week was 
literally, I don't know, Monday basketball, Tuesday football, Wednesday basketball, Thursday football, Friday probably football again, and then the weekend's game. So uh, my week, obviously, with school and everything as well, was was pretty hectic in terms of sport. But I know we pra- we practiced at least twice a week, um, basketball-wise, and usually two-hour sessions working on, obviously, fundamentals and then team concepts running through plays and stuff. But under-14s, under-15s, there's not really many players, so it's mainly more individual work. But, yeah, I'd say a good two sessions a week plus games on the weekend while while still playing football. So it was hard for me because during the week, I'd literally be playing sport every day for a good two, three hours. So, But, yeah, definitely a good four to six hours of basketball every week. And and then at what point... Um, would you say, in your mind, did it become a lot more serious? Like, I assume at some point you ended up giving up football and going all in on basketball. Like, at what sort of age did that happen? Um, at what point did you start thinking, oh, do you know what, actually, basketball is, is what I love and what I want to do and what I'm going to follow through with? Um, I think that started around under 14, under 15, because obviously I'd enjoyed playing football the, the whole of my life up until that point. But I also saw a much bigger sort of development in basketball more than I had seen in football at that time um, I think also getting called up to the England team for, for basketball really sort of put in perspective how far I could sort of go because up until that point with football I'd always stayed at sort of a mediocre level I was good but never really like thinking about playing for the England team was hadn't, hadn't crossed my mind as much in terms of football and to get picked for the basketball team is sort of put in perspective you know how far I could maybe go with basketball and that really sort of changed my my sort of my outlook on how I was playing sport, and I think from there really I sort of started constantly shifting towards basketball more, and, more. and then I think under 15s I stopped playing football and I was just focused on basketball. It's interesting you you say that because I've never really thought about that um, in terms of the impact a national team selection can have on a young player. Um, to make them more dedicated and focused to following through in that sport? Do you think that's fair to say that, uh, you know, if, well, maybe, obviously you never know either way, but if you hadn't have been selected for England at that point, you may have continued on with football um, or maybe not taken basketball so seriously? I think there's definitely a possibility. I think at that time I was really sort of 50-50 between each of them. And I think if I hadn't been picked for England, then I probably would have stayed playing football and then eventually I would have made a choice Saying that, I don't know which one I would have ended up picking, but I definitely think that being recognised by the national team more than anything really sort of helped push me towards continuing basketball and sort of giving up my sort of football dreams as they were. And so then, what was your progression from from that? You know, you so after the so the England of 15s that was with Jesse, right? Yep. Yeah. So that must have been when you played. You played Ireland in a series at Barking Abbey that I was at filming, right? Was that? Mm. Yeah, that, okay. It's all putting it into perspective. I'm working out. Um, so after that, uh, you played for the England under 16s the year after a year young. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And, and you were in the starting five. So that would have been with Alan Keane? That was with Andreas as head coach and Alan as assistant. Ah, uh, that was before. Okay. And uh, and kind of what was your club progression at that point? Were you still playing for Pioneers, uh, Juniors? Were you playing up? My club progression at that point, I was with I was still with the under 16s Pioneers team. I stayed with Pioneers throughout my whole time in in England, and 
Yeah, I was with the under 16s and also trained with the under 18s and also with the men's D2, D3 team at the time. So I was training with the the more senior teams, but still playing with under 16s at that point while, when I was picked for the England under 16s a year young. Okay. And then kind of what happened from there? Well, from there, at, um, at the European Championships when I was a year young, I had been, you know, I'd been spotted by um, a few teams that are in that are in Italy. At that point, during the summer, I had gone out to um, to Slovenia with um, Pedrek to sort of try out, not try out, but so that um, a couple of agents could have a look at me. And then at the European Championships, I was seen by Angelico Biela, the cabaret now. And they liked what they saw. So after the tournament, when I got back, um, got back home, about a week and a half afterwards, I flew out to Italy for a week-long trial at the at Angelico Biela. And in that time, I really liked what I saw. And then everything sort of skyrocketed from there. From there, it was talks about me moving out there. And at that point, I was in, I was just in shock because you know, from a couple of years ago playing football and not really playing basketball, caring about it, to now, at this point, where I'm about to, where I could be moving away, was just a really mediocre rise, and I just, I didn't expect any of it, really. How old were you? So you were, were you 15, 16 when you first signed in Italy? When I signed in Italy, I was 15. When I first left, I was 15. Wow. And what, what, what um, kind of what, what goes into that decision? Obviously, you're still, you know... <laughs> Not legally an adult, uh, so I assume that your parents' guardians have got a have got to play a role. Um, yeah. But how, how did it how did it all sort of work out? I mean, do does Biela come and meet you and um, you know stick a contract in front of you and say you know this is this is how we want it to work? Or kind of can you talk me through a little bit well, of the process of what you went through? The process I went through was after after the week trial, um, they then spoke to the agent I have they have at, at the time. And they basically said that they wanted to sign me on a junior level contract with the sort of idea of then you playing professionally in the senior team after however many so years. So that was the sort of basis of the of the deal. And then for me, the decision, obviously I spoke with my mum a lot about it. You know, she was really influential in sort of getting me to go. I spoke with my coaches back home. I also spoke with my, with my teammates as well, asking their opinions because at the end of the day, I'd enjoyed playing with them for for these two years, but obviously I wanted to to see their input on it as well. And sort of if they had the, the opportunity, what would they do in it? And everyone was really telling me, you know, this opportunity doesn't come very often. You know, you got to take it now while it's there because you know a lot of people would want this, and it's coming to you. So you know, you have to you have to go in all for it and and grab the opportunity while it's there. And my mom was really supportive of it. She knew that it would be difficult, but she knew that it would definitely benefit me in the long run and that this chance was what I had to take. And after hearing, you know, my mum, my coaches and friends and teammates telling me this, then it sort of made me more relaxed about leaving them out, about my decision. I knew that I had all these people supporting me and they were behind me, whatever I chose to do. And with that, it really helped me, you know, helped me become a lot more comfortable with what I ended up deciding to do and deciding to move in the end. What? Uh, how did you weigh up the decision? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, like junior contracts in Europe, and you might know this better than me, having actually lived it. 
Um, the junior contracts in Europe can now be structured in ways that actually it doesn't affect your college eligibility, right? So how, how did you weigh up uh, the kind of decision where, okay, I'm going to potentially go down the European route as opposed to um, trying to go the American route, which is really what the vast majority of kids in, in the UK are doing? At that time, I was still I was still quite new to the game. I'd only been playing a year, no, okay, two years pretty much, but I was still quite new to the game. And obviously still being 15, I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really explored the options or thought about the whole going to college option in the States. So at that time, I was really sort of, you know, it was tunnel vision towards the European route because that was what was there at the time. I think maybe if there, if I was a bit older or if there were colleges you know, interested in me at the time, I would have, it definitely might have impacted my decision or made me think about it a lot more. But at the time, it was really between staying in England and going going over to Italy. So at the time, my, my decision was a lot more influenced by what people around me were telling me about the opportunity and not in comparison to hmm. me going to Europe or going to the States. I think a lot of people now getting towards 18 and 19 when they when they when they choose to leave to go to the States, only see the States. At me for me, I was a lot younger, so the opportunity and the sort of the timing for me going to the States wasn't wasn't it wasn't the right time. So for me the opportunity to go to Europe was there and it was presented and that's a big reason why I took it. And now what what's your current status in terms of uh potentially being able to go to the States. Would you be able to would you be able to make that switch now if, if you got scholarship offers heading into the twenty seventeen eighteen season or are you are you um you know signed in Europe and you're staying in Europe? I believe I'd be eligible then um because I haven't signed a professional deal yet. But for now, are you still are you still playing under the initial junior contract that you first signed? I'm st- yes, I'm still playing under the initial junior contract I first signed, which actually expires this season. So this season is sort of for me making a choice. But for now, I'm still playing under under the junior contract. And then have you had uh, have you had interest from American colleges? I have had a, a bit of interest from some colleges. I haven't I haven't really gone deep into it right now because I'm sort of focused on the season, but. I have had some interest from some D1 schools, um, but for now, I'm, I'm, my goal is to stay in Europe. You know, I'm not. I probably won't be going to college next year. I'm probably going to stay and play, and hope to play professionally in Europe. That's my sort of path right now. What? Why? Why is that? What? What, how, what have you weighed up, and what, what's made you come to that decision? I think being here in Europe these past three years has um, shown me a different way to play. I think, um, you know, in perspective, looking at when I played in England, the way to play was so much different. I think here, the un- the fundamental side of, of basketball was so much more, it's so much more cherished. I mean, here the coaches really teach the fundamentals from young ages so that when, you know, you see, in, you see now players in the NBA, there's a lot more European players in the NBA who are skilled, they can do, they can shoot, they can dribble, even the bigger players. Now, I think in England, also in the States, it's sort of your your skill set and what you do is based a lot based on your size. So in England, I know when I played, when I left, I was about 6'4", 6'5", but I played just in the post. So I was a big guy. 
And obviously at that time, it's what you do because you're the biggest guy on your team. But here when I came out, they were like, you're not going to play in the post. They they were thinking about the future, that you're going to be a, a two-three. So you have to work on your shot. You have to work on your handles, being able to make different decisions. For me, that really opened my mind to the European style of play. I really like the way they play, the pace of the game, you know, the ball movement, the spacing, how how players work for each other. I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. And I think that's a really big part of why I'm choosing most likely to stay in Europe for now. Because just the flow of the game, the atmosphere and the way European the way European basketball is is really intriguing me these past three years and seeing it also I've seen Euroleague games while I've while I've been out here and it's just shown me the level that that you the top level of European basketball and it's really inspiring to see these players who come up through youth programs at their teams and you can see the development of them and how they've been worked and how fundamentally sound they are and that really that's really my goal right now to stay in Europe and be a a great player in Europe right now. And just to clarify for for people that are listening, um, can you let us know <coughs> which teams you're actually playing for at the moment? Because you're, play, you, you're playing juniors as well as seniors, or are you playing just seniors? I'm just playing seniors right now. I'm with the, the A2 team. Which is Italian so third division? Al- Italian second division. Italian second division. Yeah, so um, right. Just, I'm just with the senior team. And uh, so you are pretty much, li- what, you're living the life of a pro? Yep. Yeah. Effectively, and, and where does where does education fit into all of this? Education. I'm not currently in education right now. I finished after my GCSEs because at the time transferring from from school in England to Italy wasn't really practical. I am, however, looking to do some sort of sort of equivalent to A level courses online. Okay. But for now, for now, I'm sort of it's just basketball right now. So you, but in the future, I'm definitely looking into doing courses online for different subjects. Did you do your GCSEs from Italy? I hadn't when I, when I first came out because I was still 15. I hadn't done my GCSEs. Yeah. The the plan was to study over here, you know, with over the internet and using textbooks. And then what I did was return home in the summer to do my exams. But I, I'm definitely sure there are ways to, you know, because the curriculums are very are very similar in a lot of countries in a lot of European countries. So there are ways where you could do the equivalent of GCSEs in in Europe. Yeah. And so what what's a what does a typical a typical day in the life of, of Carl look like at the moment? What talk me through kind of uh, how you're living, where you're living, what you kinda of do on a on a daily basis. A typical day for me right now consists of a wake up around, you know, half eight, nine, breakfast, you know, shower, get dressed, all of that usual stuff. Then usually uh, individual sessions from about half ten to about twelve, which basically works on you know shooting, ball handling, you know different game situations, post moves, you know these kind of things. Usually three three times a week in the morning, lunch, you know that kind of stuff. In the afternoon before practice, I usually stay pretty chilled before practice. I usually you know I'm just I watch movies or listen to music. Sometimes I read a bit, but not as much. But yeah, usually listen to music, just chill. Practice, usually two hours every afternoon. Working on, obviously, team plays. During during the week, we look also at what other teams do ahead of the games we play on Sundays or on the weekends, depends. 
Um, after practice, I'm lucky because I get to have dinner at restaurants every day. But after dinner, then I usually, you know, I might, you know, take a walk around the city a bit, explore a bit, and if not, chill again in bed until until I go to sleep. So it's usually it's pretty chilled in between practices, and then obviously during practices we work on on team concepts and individual stuff in the morning. In terms of accommodation, are you in like a player house or like lodging or how how does that work? I'm in a, I'm in an apartment with um, a couple of other teammates. We share an apartment, but we all have our own room because our our team owns like a block of apartments where players stay in. So okay, uh, and then you said that you get to eat at restaurants every night. Why is that? That's basically because we have from us us some there are restaurants that sponsor the club. So uh-huh. you know they give us all discounts when we go to eat. So I get to, I get lucky. I get to eat at restaurants most nights. And do you cook for yourself the rest of the meals? Mm, not often. Not often. Lunches I get at a discounted rate as well. So I don't, I don't do much cooking. On the weekends I do a little bit, but I don't do much cooking. And what about the the whole language thing? Like, how how is your Italian coming along? Um, you know, you fluent now. And how was it when you first sort of came out? Was it a bit of a, a shock to the system being fifteen years old and then being in yeah? A when I when country? I first came out, it was definitely a, a, a difficult situation, shall I say? Because you know, I was fifteen is a real young age to be moving away from from home, and then also not knowing the languages was a real barrier at first. You know, I remember the first few weeks, first few months. I didn't really speak to anyone. I didn't really interact much with people because I couldn't, because I didn't know the language. I didn't. And over here, it's a small city. So, you know, there aren't that many people that speak good, fluent English. So I was forced to learn the language a lot quicker. And during my second year, I also took Italian lessons, which really helped me interact with people and help learn the language more. Now I'd say I'm sort of 85% fluent. I speak it pretty well and I can speak with my coaches and, teammates and people normally now without having too many difficulties so I'd say now I've learned it pretty well I'd say I'm pretty much fluent when uh when you first went out did they give you a translator or anything or did they just leave you to do you just have to work out yourself no when I first went out I didn't have a translator luckily my coaches spoke English so I never had a problem during practices right. and outside because obviously in Italy they learn they learn English in their school so my teammates they would learn English in their school so you know, during the year, my Italian would get better and their English would get better. So it sort of ended up working out itself. But no, when I first came out, I didn't have a translator. I sort of had to work stuff out as and quick that, as possible, really. And how often do you get to come back to England? This year, with the CN team, we have games pretty much and up and until April. Obviously, if we make the playoffs, it'll be until June, which is our goal. But in the, year, in the past years, when I've been here playing with the junior teams... I've got to come home at um, Christmas for a couple of weeks. And then during the year, if there were national team camps, I'd be allowed to, to come home. And then in the summer when the season finishes. And so this year is looking like summer summer only? So this, this year is looking very much like summer only because we play during the Christmas period. We were supposed to have a game on the 23rd of December, but it got postponed. So, But yeah, I'll definitely I'll be here for Christmas and... Probably summer will be the next time I'm back on English soil. So you spoke uh, briefly about the national teams. I remember when we did the interview when you first signed in, in Italy and you um, mm-hmm. you said that they 
they're very they they are very accommodating of of your sort of national team commitments, and, and it seems that way because you you very read for, for a player that's based abroad compared to other players that have been based abroad in the past. You seem to have been able to get back um, mm-hmm. for almost well the vast majority of camps, and then of course the Europeans in the summer. Like uh, you know how. How how does the club perceive it? Like, do they think that it's a good thing that you're representing the national team um, because it could help your profile and help you improve? Um, you know, why is it they've been so accommodating? Yeah, my club has been really supportive of of me playing with the national team, and it was from the start because when I when I first came out, they obviously knew I was involved with the the national team program. And from the start, they were really supportive. They really want me to play with the national team because for me personally, it raises the profile, also helps the image of the club to sort of see that. We bring in sort of players at the sort of the national team standard of their respective countries. So they were they've been really supportive throughout my time here with me playing for the national team and participating in the European Championship um, due, during the summer. Do you ever feel like you need a you need a break? You you know you've represented the national teams every summer for the last what five six years. Um, yeah. You know, do you ever think oh I could do with a, a summer off or? Is that something that you want to continue to do? It know? is sort of running from my mind a bit right now, obviously because it it also depends on how on how the season goes. Because in the past, um, you know, if I re- when I returned in sort of June, I sort of had doubts about going to the national team because I was sort of sort of taking away my summer, not having much of a gap between the end of my season and the start of sort of the European sort of national team season. But also, it has been running through my mind a bit lately about whether I want to be involved in national teams this year. I think, knowing myself, I'm going to want to play and I'm going to want to be involved. So, I think I'll probably end up, you know, wanting to be involved or hopefully being involved this summer. But then it also does depend on how on how the team does because, you know, we're hoping to make a deep playoff run, and that would take us to the end of May, beginning of June. So, right. what's your know, what's the team's record at the moment? You've played what five, six games. Right now we're six and one. One we're in the middle of a five-game winning streak, so we're doing pretty well right now. So you should. So that you're kind of tipped to be going into the postseason. Right now we're 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 top of the league. We're tied on points with a couple of other teams. So right now we're in a, a very good position in the to make the playoffs. But you know it's still quite early in the season. So yeah. How many games total will you play? We play thirty games regular oh, wow. season. Wow, it's a bit long season. So about a quarter of the way through. And uh, how have you found this season, the transition to playing seniors? Um, it's definitely been a change. It's definitely, it's definitely a step up for sure in the level and the, the physicality of the game. Um, I think that I'm handling it pretty well so far. I mean, last year I had, the much, I had a bigger role in the junior teams, being, playing more, you know, having to, having to do more for the team. This year I'm really having to sort of understand my role and what the team needs me to do. And that's sort of diff- that's difficult in a, in its own aspect, and also playing at a higher level with with talented players, you know, professionals that have been playing, you know, in professional leagues for a lot of years, and sort of understanding the game better is is probably the hardest thing for me right now. But I think I'm doing it pretty well so far. You're playing around 20 minutes a game, right? Yeah. Which is about twenty minutes a game. Yeah, which is decent as a as a as a young guy in a in a pro league. Like, what um, are there other young guys on the team with you, or are you one of the one of if not the only young guy? There are a couple of other young guys on the team. A couple of Italian players, my age and about a year older. So 
it's, that also helps having other young guys on the team. You know, does I'm sort of I'm not singled out. I'm not sort of the only young guy. Yeah. So that definitely helps me feel more comfortable. And what is it like playing with, um, you know, guys that have been playing for so long? Do you do you find they're kind of taking you under their wing and and trying to be mentors and guide you through it? Yeah, I definitely feel like they're they're, they're really helping me. You know, improve my game and understand the game more. I mean, I'm playing with a few guys that have played at you know the top levels. So, I'm learning from them, just trying to pick their brains on different things during the game. is really helping me to to help. To, it's really helping me elevate my game because you know I always want to. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to improve daily. So you know, watching them, asking them things about you know how to do this, how to do that, it really helps me in my progression as well. When you have conversations with uh, your friends that you grew up with um, in England. Do you, I mean, do you feel like you've missed out on anything by leaving the country so long, so young and not being around your closest friends for the last, you know, three, four years? Mm, I, partly yes, partly no, because on one side I'm sort of living a completely different life than I would have lived at home and it's a really great experience to, you know, live abroad and see, you know, just another culture aside from basketball, just see how the people live and, you know, sort of explore the world in in a sense. But also, yes, because, you know, when your friends go out and stuff and you have to see it on an old Snapchat or, you know, you hear them talking about it, it's it's tough sometimes because, you know, you want to be there, you want to you have fun with the friends, with your, with your close friends, the people you grew up with. Yeah. And so that's that's a difficult aspect of it. But it's also, you know, you have to... You have to sort of put that aside and sometimes realize that you're doing this for yourself, and you have to sort of in that in that concept you have to sort of stay focused on what you're trying to do for yourself. Yeah. But it is it is hard sometimes, you know, when you see you know your friends go out and have a good time, and you're sort of at home and you got practice in a, in a few minutes. So in that way, it's a bit tough, but you know, have it's you, not too bad, I guess. Have you uh, have you had any of your friends come out to Italy and visit you? Not so far, not yet, because I'm because in recent years I've been home more frequently, so I've seen them enough. I think maybe this year I might have a few friends come out because I'm not I'm not home as much. Well, you know, we'll see. Obviously, because they have, they have university, school, and stuff, and with my schedule is quite hectic yeah. to have sort of visits and stuff. But I'm gonna try to work out work something out with a couple of people. So when you speak to your um... Your basketball friends from from the UK. Mm. What what do you what do they say to you uh, about their own aspirations? Do they do you find that? I mean, this is purely just from my own insight. I'm just interested. Um, but do you find that they uh, are looking to replicate, do what you've done? And do they talk about ever you know taking the European route, or do you find that it's all very much um, you know US focused? They want to go to the states, get a scholarship, and whatever else. I mean, um, I've had quite a few people ask me about what it's like to play in Europe and about the European route. And I always say that at the end of the day, you've got to pick what's best for you because no, what someone else does might not be best for you and what someone tells you to do might not always be best. At the end of the day, you've got to sort of look at it personally and say, OK, I've got a college here and I've got a couple of European teams here. Which is the best fit for me? at the time and obviously in my situation. 
that's why I always tell people whenever they ask me about my own experiences, I always tell them that it's hard at first, but you get comfortable, it it gets easier, and you know you reap the benefits of it. I also tell people that America's could be equally as successful for you because at the end of the day, it's about every person is different. So every person will react and adapt in different situations. So for me personally, the Europe route has been perfect for me so far. But for someone else, to go into college might be the perfect situation for them. So I always tell them to weigh up the, up, weigh up the options of, of both sides and see what fits best for them at, the t- at their current situation. Because I know a lot of players who are, you know, playing sort of EABO and are thinking, you know, what if colleges aren't interested? You know, what am I going to do? I don't want to stay in England sort of thing. You know, what are my options? And I always say, look into everything. You know, American schools will be there, but it might not be right. So always explore the different the different ways you can go. Do you find that most of them, as a, a sort of first choice, do you think they generally think that they want to go to America first, or do you find it's pretty varied? I think usually there are a lot of a lot of players who who see sort of America and want to go to America first off, and that's I think purely because obviously America is a, a massive place. There's so many colleges, schools, and opportunities. So I think they sort of they sort of bl- blinded a bit by the the mm-hmm. the whole sort of image of playing in America and being you know having a scholarship or or being selected to go to the schools and different colleges in America, I think that sort of takes them away just because they hear America and they think America, Division One basketball, NBA, they sort of see it in that aspect and they don't sort of look at other options. But there are a lot of players who are still, who also understand that, hold up, European basketball is a really good level. It will really help develop my game. So... I think there is a lot of a lot of players who see just America, but there also are a fair amount who who understand that Europe is also beneficial as much as America is. And what's the perception of staying in the UK? I think right now most players are against it purely because our dominant league isn't as widely sort of received by other other countries. I mean, when you hear, you know, when you think about the top sort of leagues in the world, you think, obviously, NBA, but then you go to Spain, Italy, you know, Greece, Serbia, these kind of places where, you know, basketball's always been at a high level. Here, it's always sort of, ooh, there's a couple of players from England, but what's their league like? What's their, you know, how much, what kind of teams do they produce? I think that's sort of, a lot of that's putting people off. And I think, again, it comes down to the fact that, you know, America's always had the sort of the bright lights above it in terms of basketball. So I think a lot of players see that and think, no, nah, England's not an option. It's not, you know, I can't stay here. It's not, it's not the place for me. And I think that also influences why a lot of players don't want to stay in England. Do you, what's the what's the general perception amongst you and your peers of the BBL? I mean, I don't follow the BBL, you know game by game but I, I do try to keep up with it as much as possible I think most players you know they don't their aspirations on the BBL I think a lot of players want to go and do more but I also think that they don't they don't maybe they don't have enough experience of seeing BBL games to know what kind of level it is I've never seen a BBL game so 
me looking from the outside in, I'm seeing results. I don't see the game, so I can't say from a personal standpoint what you know what BBL games are like. But I think a lot of people are sort of seeing it as a, a low league. They don't wanna they don't wanna have their career, you know, they don't want the high point of their career to be the BBL. I think they wanna they wanna go and do more. But also I don't think they understand that, you know, if you're a talented player and you go to a BBL team, you, you can help raise the level the profile of that team. If a lot of players are doing that, they can help raise the profile of the BBL in general. Mm. But I think a lot of them, especially at a young age, they sort of see what's there now and think, no, I don't want that to be me. I want to go and do more and go abroad and, you know, do bigger things. One of the things you said that was interesting is that you've never seen a BBL game. Um, you know, I'd say in, in my experience speaking to, you know, a lot of the young guys coming through, I, I feel like there is a very little interest in the BBL um, at any level, whether it's just following it as a spectator or uh, aspiring to play in it. Do you, think that's a, do you think that's a fair statement? Would you say that's your experiences as well, that a lot of your, a lot of your friends haven't been to BBL games, aren't really yeah. interested in going to BBL games? And why do you think that is? Yeah, I definitely say that there's there's quite there's little interest in the BBL. I mean, I don't know many play many people who go to watch you know regularly regular BBL games. I think part of that is, I think part of that is sort of advertisement. You know, there's not massive advertisement for the BBL that you know reaches across to to young players for them to want to go and watch. Mm-hmm. I also think you know opportunity. I mean. London Lions is, I think, the only team in London that you know, people can go and watch. Obviously, I don't know all the teams, but I know a lot of my friends are based in London. So, you know, if they can't go see the London Lions play, they're sort of, OK, we're not, we don't need to see the BBL. I think also the players that are brought in, they attract, they attract fans, they attract spectators. I think if you know that a player's done this in their career, they want to play in the BBL now, you think, oh, wow, yeah, let's go see what they can do. Let's go see a BBO game. I think that's a big part of it. And also, you know, obviously the BBO is not the NBA. And when, you know, like when the NBA comes to London, it draws in loads of fans because loads of people want to see the the spectacle of it, the whole, the glitz and glamour. I don't think the BBO brings, obviously it won't be able to do it on the NBA level, but I don't think it brings enough of it even for British basketball to be as interacted in it as it, as it could be. On the flipping that around, um, you know, there's not a lot of interest in the BBL. A question for you is: Has the BBL shown a lot of interest in you? Have you ever been contacted by a BBL club, even before you left for Italy, or in recent years that have been potentially interested in signing you or, or talking with you? No, I've never, I haven't received. In my time here, or, or before I left, I didn't, I've never received any interest from BBL teams. Never been contacted by by the coaches or anything in that in that respect. I've never been no, I've never been contacted by any BBL representatives. Do 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 you think that's strange? Like, I mean, because I I look at it and I'm just like, uh, you know, we might have a really talented talented kid in the country, seventeen, eighteen, sixteen, whatever he may be. And he's being hit up by clubs all over Europe. He's being hit up by colleges in the States, being recruited by everyone except for the Pro League in the UK. Do you not think that's a, like wh- why do you think that is? Do you not does that make does that make you feel a certain way about the BBO? Is there any part of you that looks at that and says, Oh well, you know, the Pro League's not showing any interest in me, why should I give a toss, you know? 
I think it's definitely a little strange that you know they don't go for because you never really hear the the BBL signing like the young young talented players, and I think part of that is you know part of that is they don't they don't trust the, they don't trust maybe the youth. I don't know personally, but I also think that part of it is. Do the young players, you know, what will the young players really grow? You know, obviously a lot of young players, I don't know how many have been contacted or how many have said no, yes, or what that deal is. But I know a lot of young players, they want to grow, they want to improve, they want to be seen. You know, a lot of, you know, you can see players when they, you know, they post stuff on Instagram to be seen. You know, they do stuff on social media to be seen. I think in the BBL, there's not a great amount of coverage so that, Players think uh, the BBL is sort of, you know, I don't really want to go there. It's not, it's not great. They don't really care that much. So I think that sort of, you know, it takes away a lot of a lot of players wanting to go because it doesn't seem like the BBL are really interested in bringing up the youth talent. I think sort of, okay, yeah, let's just get established players and bring them to the team. Hope we do well and like this. I don't think they they really, you know, emphasize bringing young talented players in to help improve their teams. So you think kind of like a profiling of the guys uh, in terms of whether that's on social media, whether that's video, whether that is, you know, interviews, um, kind of, I guess, making them into stars. Is, do you think that's a big part of what, whether it's the BBL or any league, would have to offer to a junior player for them to want to play there, want to sign there? I think... You know, there's a lot of players that are attracted by the, you know, the bright lights of playing pro and, you know, playing in college. I think that that definitely sells to a lot of players. So I think that, in a way, yeah, the profile of the league, the profile of, you know, where you play and, you know, what happens in that in those areas, in those cities, in those countries, attracts a lot of a lot of attention from players, because if you see a team. Where they don't really care that much, they don't really, you know, there's no passion there. There's no passion in the sport. There aren't really passionate fans. You're sort of you're put off a bit to go there because you sort of think, do they really care about basketball? Or is it just a way to make money? Sort of thing. A lot of players want they want to feel wanted. They want to feel like the team needs them. And I think that is a big way to attract the young players, especially when you when college coaches tell a player, you're gonna have this role. We need you to do this. You're gonna be a big part of the team. You automatically feel like, yeah, I can be, I can make a difference. I want to do that. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be able to help a team. I can, I can make a difference. If that's not coming from the BBL, that's gonna take away a lot of the opportunities for young players to go there, because mm-hmm. they're gonna think, I'm just filling a spot here. I'm just, I'm just on the roster. I don't, you know, I don't have a role here. I don't have a place here. A lot of players want to feel like, you know, not that they're the guy, because a lot of players will go to college and they won't be the main star or the main, the main talent. But when they feel wanted by a team, by a club, by an organisation, it gives a completely different feeling to players who, who want to go abroad and, or want to go to college or want to go pro in that respect. So, shifting gears a little bit, um, the GB senior team, how closely do you follow them? Um, do you watch? Did you watch their, their European qualifiers this summer? Uh is that something that you aspire to? 
Yeah, I definitely aspire to, to play for GB one day in the future. I've I tried to watch as much games as possible during during the qualifiers. Obviously, I had some I had practice sometimes when they played, so I couldn't watch all their games. But I do definitely wanna wanna be a part of that part of the program when I grow up. I know Will Saunders, Carol Johnson. You know, I spoke to them about it, so it's definitely something I aspire to in the future, and I would definitely be honoured to to one day put on a GB jersey. Do you think that if I asked you to name, uh, like, and don't you know, obviously don't feel bad about this either way, but I, do you, do you think that you'd be able to name all twelve players that are on the GB roster this summer? Oof, I could probably give you a good eight. <laughs> now, see that interests me as well because I, you know, I find that I've had a lot of conversations with. Uh, with sort of prospects, younger younger British guys, and mm. I'm trying to investigate the kind of disconnect between why. Well, in in many cases, I almost find that they look up to uh, Team USA players or Spanish Spanish you know sp- uh, Spanish national team players, yeah. pretty much NBA players more than they do to the British guys. Um, and I, yeah, I'd be interested to kind of hear hear your your take on that. Like, whether, um, like, first of all, I guess you know who are your role models in the sport? Do you look up to any British guys, or is it mainly you know NBA guys that you kind of pattern your game after and whatever else? And, and why you think that might be? Um, I mean, in terms of looking up to British players, I definitely do respect a lot of British players that that have played the game. Obviously. Me being from Brixton, I sort of, I've seen Matthew Bryan, Amanin coming coming through, Justin, Justin Robinson coming through, Luau Deng coming through, Ogo coming through. So I've seen sort of those guys, and I've seen it from more personal sample because you know we lived in the same area. We played, you know, I used to train sometimes when I was a lot younger with Brixton Top Cats. So in that respect, I definitely look up to those guys and what they're doing in their in their professional careers. I definitely think that. A lot of players don't appreciate what British players are doing. There's a lot of good, talented British players. I know Miles Hessen is doing really well in the French league. Yeah. Um, like I said, I know Cal Johnson and Will Saunders because they played actually at my team in the last couple of years. So I've met them, I spoke to them. I know them pretty well and I respect their games as well. Kieran Achara also played for my team, but, you know, many years back. So I know what I follow him. I see, he's, I see what he's doing in, in the BBL. So in that respect, I you know I try to follow the GB players as much as possible. Obviously, I look up to a lot of I see a lot of NBA players. You know, Kawhi Leonard is one of my favorite players. I try to sort of model sort of my defensive game around him as much as possible. And also, it's really you know everyone loves to see you know the NBA highlights and mm. what these athletes and players can do. But I also think that you know a lot of respect needs to go out to the GB players and what they're doing as well. Do you, um, yeah, like in in terms of the, the younger guys in Europe at the moment, obviously there's not there's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of you. Um, you obviously uh, Jules uh, Mo, um, you know, like obviously Jacobs just signed in Spain. Kareem's in Spain. Are you as the younger guys? Are you guys in touch with each other and kind of sharing experiences, or are you just uh, kind of doing your own thing? Yeah, I speak to Jules. I speak to Jules because we we know each other through through pioneers and um, you know also through you know England camps and stuff. So I speak to Jules about how he's in Spain. 
I've also I spoke to Kareem a little bit as well about how he how about how he's doing in um, Spain. So with a couple of guys, I keep in touch. You know, try to see how they're doing. You know, with their respective clubs and stuff. And do you find do you do any of the older uh, British guys that are playing abroad or or pro in England um, stay in touch with you and and see whether they can help you out in any way? Yeah, I mean, I spoke with I spoke with Will Saunders and Kyle because I know I knew them more you know more personally as a, because I and I met them I trained with them and stuff. Um, also, NBA as well has spoke to me a little bit about just you know playing with confidence and things like this. So, you know, when I hear stuff from those guys, it really helps me you know be confident and keep doing what I'm doing really. And then when you when you look into the future, what what do you see for yourself? What what are the goals? What are you aspiring to do and be? Well, I hope that one day, you know, I can have a, a success. A very, I want to have a long-term career. I definitely want to be, I don't want to be a player who played, you know, five years and then sort of just fell off. I want to keep getting better. For the near future, I want to help my team right now do as, as well as we can and get to get to the playoffs and, you know, make a deep run. In the the far future, I definitely, I definitely love to play in EuroLeague at some point in my career. Definitely in the, in the highest leagues possible and just at the highest level I can reach. I definitely Euroleague is definitely a goal of mine. Obviously, if the NBA opportunity came, I you know I'd love to take that as well. Yeah. But right now, I just want to have a really a solid career in which I can I can continue to improve, keep getting better, and keep working hard. To, you know, to reach those those aspirations. You know, Euroleague, NBA in the future. Do you do you follow the Euroleague closely? I do. I do. I've seen, and it helps to have. Um, Armani Jeans Milano, who obviously isn't our from where I, from where I am in Italy. So I I saw their game as well against um, Real Madrid okay. when they played a few weeks back. So that was just a spectacular event. Just to see the game, you know, see how just to see the level of players. So I do I do follow the Euroleague quite closely. I watch quite a few games. So I also I love I just love to see the way the teams play and just enjoy the whole the whole vibe of Euroleague. Would you say that uh, a lot of your friends follow the Euroleague? I, I find generally in England, the vast majority of young British guys, it's NBA or nothing. You know, there's no interest in, in the European competition at all. I think, I agree. I definitely think that a lot of players are just are solely focused on, you know, they lo- watch a lot more NBA than, than anything else. And I think part of that is, you know, obviously you have the, the spectacular highlights, you know, the crossovers, the dunks, the moves, the the great players. I also, I don't think they understand that, you know, in EuroLeague, you have some of these players, but you also have, you know, you just have great basketball, you you know, great ball movement. Like I said before, you know, just the way they play, it's really, it's fun to watch in that respect and not just always watching NBA when you have, you know, some teams who, you know, give the ball to one guy, everyone else watches and let him just go one-on-one the whole time. I think the way they play in Europe is really, especially in its own respect because of the way they move the ball, the way they play for each other, the passing, the shooting as well. I know, but I don't think, I think a lot of guys, you know, they see NBA, they see the stars and they think, yeah, this is this is where the best possible is at and that's it. Do you think it's fair to say that part of the, part of the reason there is a lack of interest in the European game in the UK is just because of a lack of exposure as well? It's like a lot harder. Obviously, it's, it's not, not on TV in the same way. Mm, um, yeah, I definitely, yeah. I definitely think that's part of the, part of the issue because, you know, you can only see what what's available. I think a lot. 
when NBA games are streamed and are on TV, a lot of people they tune in to watch. If Euroleague games aren't shown, there's not a lot of people going out of their way to find the games and find it to watch. I definitely think, in that respect, the exposure of Euroleague is a lot less than NBA, and that's a big part of the reason why a lot of people just follow NBA and not Euroleague. So, uh, in terms of in terms of your team in this season. Um, you've got 30 games kind of what's next what's in the in the foreseeable future what are you guys working on I mean right now we're you know we're just trying to we're, we have quite a new team you know um, we had six seven players come in, in you know me included as well having not played with the, the professional team last year so we know we're sort of coming out of the sort of the feeling out process getting to know each other you know, I think we could we could have a really special season we just have to we have to stick together you know, stay together for 40 minutes because we've had games where we have lapses. You know, we have to sort of cut that out and be solid for the full 40 minutes because offensively we can score. But, you know, when we take time off on defence, I think that hurts us in some games. So right now it's about, you know, being solid. Right now we're, we're playing with confidence. We're on a, a five-game win streak, so we've got to sort of keep the momentum going as long as we can and keep playing, keep improving. You know, right now in the season, it's about keep improving every day, every day get better as a team, understand each other more, you know, realise that, you know, we could be, we could have a really great season, but we all have to buy in and understand that it's going to take time, but it's definitely something we can we can go for. In terms of the media coverage and exposure of the league that you're playing in, um, what's that like in Italy? Like, do you have a TV deal? Uh, is it internet-based? Like, how are the people, like, what, what's the average crowd size that you're playing in front of? Um, how how is it all working? For me right now, and on average, I'm playing at home games. I'm playing in front of about three and a half thousand people. Okay, so nice. In, so that's you know when at our gym we have one of the best gyms in our league. So you know when when we have home games, the gym is rocking. It's, it's like amazingly loud. You know the fans are you know the fans are just great. In that in that respect, so and with media coverages, there are you know they stream it online, so people can watch games online. There are games on Sky, like I play on Friday on Sky. I don't know if it's shown, I'm pretty sure it's only in Italy, but there is games that are shown on Sky, so there is quite a bit of media coverage. So teams, you know, players are known, you know, the the results and stuff they get around. People see you know the highlights and stuff, so. It's definitely well coveraged. Do you have to do interviews and stuff on a regular basis with Italian press? Yep, um, we usually have interviews, you know, during the week about you know the upcoming games or the games we've just played. Also, like straight after the games, I've done a couple radio interviews after games, straight after the game. So there's definitely interviews. There's definitely press surrounding you know the games and the players. What's the population of the town that you're based in? That I don't know for sure. But I know it's not it's not a great it's not a, a massive amount it's quite a small city so and there's no is there any other professional sports teams or is it just all basketball? NBL is just basketball. There are other teams. There's a rugby team and a football team, but they're in a lower a lot lower leagues, so then they don't attract as much attention. They're not sort of as high profile. So here is really you know it's focused around basketball. So when you're walking around on the street, do you get recognised and people coming up to you and stuff? Or yeah, I've had I've had kids before coming up and coming up to me for autographs, ask for photos before. You know, they I do get recon- I get recognised quite a bit. 
Do you enjoy well. that? Also because, also because, you know, I'm 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. And nearly, quite, everyone's quite small, so I do get recognised quite a bit, so. And how do you find that? Is that something that you enjoy? Yeah, I do enjoy, you know, I really, I enjoy interacting with the fans, you know, I like to, you know, give back to them as well, because, you know, they come to watch us all the time and support us and cheer for us, so, you know, that's something, that's the least I can do for them to, you know, sign an autograph or take a photo. Awesome. Right, I'm aware we are coming up on an hour, uh, which is what I said this would be, so, um... We'll wrap it up there, and uh, yeah, I'd just like to say thank, massive thank you for joining us. It's been really interesting conversation, and um, wish you all the best. And obviously, we'll be following, and and hope that you uh, continue to do well and represent um, over the rest of your career. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos, and more.